All righty. So today is question and answer day. We're a week late, but uh, for the schedule and whatnot, I decided we'd move it to today. So we're going to answer the question that was asked uh, this month, and it's a good one. And I, I, I didn't um, add in any of the ones that we were asked online or anything like that because this one I wanted to take the whole time to to answer it. And uh, I think it's I think it's important that I think it'd be good to just do it by itself. So the question is this. Um, how is cussing a sin, or cursing a sin, and what does God have to say about it? So, it's asked from one of our teens in the teen class, and um, I had them write it down, put it in the box so that we could talk about it in, uh, in the afternoon service. But it's, it's essentially this. What's the purpose of keeping our language pure? What, what, what benefit do we have from it? What, what's the reason why God wants us to do it, and, and so forth? So, Let's start in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And what I did was I went through and I I looked at um, all of the times in Scripture, or in the New Testament, where uh, speech is is mentioned, where the cleanliness of speech and and the the lack of cussing or cursing, whatever you want. Listen, I'm from Arab, we call it cussing. uh, And it doesn't have a G on the end of it, and that's all right. So, what... What are the times when God said something about it? Because uh, some people will think, you know, that it's just never mentioned. Well, it is mentioned. Maybe not in that vernacular, because we kind of came up with that word, cussing or cursing, um, fairly recently for what we're talking about. Uh, But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up of someone in need. So that it gives grace to those who hear. Do not grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. Okay, so there's a couple things that might have popped out from, from this morning's uh, study in that passage. But first, before we get to that, I want to talk about where language came from. You, you remember, all the way back in the book of Genesis, you have the Tower of Babel. The reason it's called the Tower of Babel is because that's when people started babbling okay it was in the area of babylon but what they would what they would do is they 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 decided that they were going to somehow reach god and so they start building a tower we don't know how high it got we don't know how big it got everybody wants to ask you know those questions but we don't know all we know is that god saw what was going on and and wanted to keep mankind um, he wanted to keep his creation from, from trying to think that for some reason they could, they could become like him. And so what he did was he confused their languages, meaning he, he gave them different languages. We know some of those because those are the languages that they spoke uh, right after this happened. But in confusing the language, he gave each person a different language. And the good thing about language is that not all are the exact same. It's a good thing. God's providence often works in ways that we don't understand. Of course, that's kind of the nature of providence. But God's providence works so that sometimes a punishment, like what happens at the Tower of Babel, eventually turns into a good thing. For instance, your Bibles were written in Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew, right? Shake your head like this. That's true. I'm not trying to trick you, okay? Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. 
We don't have some of the words that they have. We don't have words to translate some of the words that they had. We have one word for four in love, agape, uh, uh, the other three that I can't think off the top of my head for some reason. We have words that, we have one word and they have four words. We have multiple words and they only had one because languages, the differences in languages help us to understand things. When we go to the scriptures and we look and, and, and we see something like uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and it says no foul language. Well, what we may think of as foul language may be something different. And so we go and we look into those languages and we see what it is. And that's the beauty of languages. God's providence allowed it to where we can understand things better, especially through Scripture, because of the differences of languages. We can see where our word came from and where their word came from and, and those things. And so language is important, especially when we talk about what we talked about this morning, First Peter chapter 4, that we need to use our abilities and use our talents for speaking as the oracles of God or speaking as though we have that relationship with God that we do as Christians. And so we need to spread that relationship. And we have the, the doctrines, the commands that God has given, and so we need to teach those to other people. And that's what is interesting in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where it says that we need to make sure that our speech, number one, builds each other up, but number two, gives grace to those who hear. We have the ability to, to extend God's grace to someone through the words that we say. And the reason why Paul says that no foul language, no cussing or cursing is supposed to come out of us is because... Our language is not supposed to tear people down. It's supposed to build people up. We're supposed to use our words as Christians to build people up. Now, if you think about the majority of cuss words, they do the exact opposite, don't they? They tear people down. They attack people's character. When you, when, when you read Jesus, he said, don't call anyone fool or don't tell anyone reka. Reka is insulting their intelligence. You're calling them a moron, or an idiot, something along those lines, where you're insulting their intelligence. Curse words do just that. They either insult people's intelligence, or he says, don't call anyone fool. That's talking about their moral character. Don't, don't attack someone with words to lessen them. And, and one thing that Paul points out is that our speech, our words, need to be that which builds up, not which tears down. Number two is found in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of your time. Let your speech always be gracious. There's that idea of extending grace again. Seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Let your, grace, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. That doesn't mean that we, we spit salt on people. Or I'm trying to think of... What that could mean. Seasoned with salt means just that. It's, it's good, right? If you have a, a, a piece of meat, y'all ever tried to eat a piece of meat that had no flavoring on it, no, no spices, no nothing? It's disgusting. I mean, it's just flat out nasty. Uh, the reason why God gave us salt is so that we could eat meat when he commanded us to eat meat. I, I believe that. Anyways, the, our, our, our speech needs to be that which, which is upholds the Christian character. And he says, let it be seasoned with salt so that, you can, so that you can know how to answer every person. That's that idea of you have to talk to people differently. 
Does that mean that, you know, we have this false idea of what grace means. That grace is not rough. That grace is not harsh at times. That's not true. Grace is harsh at times. God's grace is what told us that fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, etc. are going to go to hell. That's God's grace that told us that. So sometimes our words need to be a little more forceful. But that doesn't mean that they need to be, that they need to be cursing. And the problem with cursing or cussing is that, that it doesn't do that. It doesn't allow people to, to learn the gospel. Number three is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. But sexually, sorry, verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not, be, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. You see, it's, it's easier said than done when we're talking about this, this concept and this question. It's easier said than done to say, well, your, your, your speech needs to be gracious, it needs to be loving, it needs to teach other people. But the fact is that there's some language, there's some speech, there's some conversations that you have that aren't meant to teach someone the gospel. Well, it's true, but everything we do is to be with thanksgiving, right? This morning, we're talking about lads to leaders, speeches for the, for the teens, and their, their topic is in remembrance of me, 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 25. And the idea that the Lord's Supper is in the remembrance of him, giving thanks to him. Why do we take the Lord's Supper? Because we need to give thanks to God. We need to show God that, that we understand what he did in giving his son. We need to show Christ... Jesus, that we understand what he did in giving himself, and we need to remember that and thank him for that. And so we do that by remembering him. And so maybe not all of our speech is teaching someone the gospel. Maybe not all of our speech is supposed to be building someone's faith, but all of our speech has to be with thanksgiving, meaning that we need to remember, number one, that person is created in the image of God. Number two, that God gave us the ability to have this conversation to begin with. And number three, even if we are upset, even if that person may be less intelligent than someone else, we're thankful because we're still here. And that's what Paul is saying, is that our, our speech doesn't need to be filthiness or crude joking. It needs to be thankfulness because we need to realize that everything we do, everything we are, everything we, we want is because of Christ. Alright, so I'm going to end it with this. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he's religious, without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. And Luke chapter 6, and verse 45. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. But his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Right, just before we end, I, I want to bring this up. The person who asked this question asked it in, in just this way and then wrote it down so we could, we could uh, talk about it here too. But then we started going into, what about, what about the media, the, the, the information that we put into our minds? Is it, is it sinful to really, I mean, let's be honest, is it sinful to like watch a TV show with cussing in it? Is it sinful to, is it sinful to, to go somewhere where you know it's going to be 
And here's the answer to that. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. What you allow into your head, what you allow into your mind, is going to come out. I promise you, it will come out. If you allow it into your mind, and then you, the, the proverbial illustration is you stub your toe, it's going to come out. Period. If it doesn't come out, you're going to think it. Have you sinned if you're walking through Walmart and someone says a cuss word beside you? No. You put yourself into the position where you're going to hear it. You put yourself in the position where you're allowing it in. That's completely different. And the, the problem with the, the forms of media that we use or with TV shows or so forth is that we're allowing certain things into our mind. Maybe not just cuss words, but, but other things. We're allowing things into our mind and then we're having to fight to keep them out of our actions and out of our speech. And to me, it just seems, just seems kind of counterproductive to put it in and then try to keep it in. You're shooting yourself in the foot. And so that's something, that, that's something that we need to think about. And that's one reason why I wanted uh, them to write it down so that we could talk about it this afternoon. But You see, the fact is that our words have tremendous meaning. Not only in teaching people the gospel, but showing people that we're Christians and in, in keeping our hearts pure. Because the words that we use, even if we say them on accident, even if we, we say them jokingly, even if we don't mean them, quote unquote, mean them when we say them, eventually we will. I, I think the vast majority of us, myself included, think that we are a lot stronger than we actually are most of the times. And part of Christianity is having the maturity to say, I am not as strong as I think I am, and I need help. And I have to help myself sometimes, and I need other people to help me sometimes as well. So if you need to become a Christian this afternoon, uh, that, that's a good kind of segue. The, the fact is that we have to realize that we can't help ourselves. That's what repentance is. And so if you need to become a Christian and, and submit to Christ in baptism, we're going to stand and sing a psalm of encouragement for you. And if you need prayers of encouragement or you need repentance in whatever way, then let us know while we do that.